With less than 50 days to go for the AFC Asian Cup, the Indian team flung their last test at Jordan. Or did they? To discuss this with me, we have Debayan from ESPN. Yeah. And uh, we are sitting here in a barista in Bangalore, so you might have some ambient noises <laughs> on the side. <laughs> and some traffic and as well. And some traffic <laughs> as well. To speak about India's 2-1 defeat at Jordan. So, uh, Debayan, let's get straight into it. What sure. did you think of the match? Um, I think uh, two aspects to it. One, obviously, the circumstances under which the match was held, but I think we should completely keep that out of the equation. Aside from that, uh, if you were to look at just the performance, mm, decent in parts. The second half was good, but uh, on the whole, it's a little worrying ahead of the Asian Cup. I don't think the Indian team is quite there yet. So, we always knew that uh, it was always going to be an uphill struggle against Jordan in the Asian Cup. So. Uh, considering the kind of character that you have shown, especially against China, now against Jordan, uh, what kind of performance do you expect and how happy are you that this is something that we expected, but how good are they at doing that? See, uh, just reflecting over the last, say, two years of India's performances, yes, there's been a lot of positivity around India's climb up the rankings. Uh, they have had a decent record, especially 2017 was quite good. But uh, one must always keep in context uh, the kind of opposition that we played and the fact that we played a lot of matches at home. So if you take those two equations out of the way, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we have won since we beat Myanmar away in one of the qualifiers. Mm. So it's it's not been easy sailing for the Indian team. And that's where their uh, deficiencies will be uh, caught out by some better teams at the uh, Asian Cup. It's on foreign soil. It will be alien to the Indians. Um, There'll be little stadiums which will be packed. Uh, playing the host doesn't help because UAE will obviously get uh, you know the majority of the backing in that particular match. And even Thailand and Bahrain are very good teams. So yeah, things are looking pretty grim at the moment. And what also must be remembered is that across these two months or two years or so, um, a lot has depended on Sunil Chetri. And we saw that when he wasn't there, the team looked a little short in terms of uh, leadership in the match against Jordan. So those are the key points which I picked out. And I mean, of course, they will work on it. But uh, let's see where how much uh, deficiency they can overcome. Yeah. You, you mentioned Sunil, of course. Apart from whatever he brings on the field, his character, all that is as a captain and leader, all that thing is also very important for for the national team especially because he's always pulled a rabbit out of the hat quite a few times. So do you think if you go beyond, uh, we have a great starting keeper who we'll talk about some in soon, uh, two centre-backs that have been there for a long time, Anas obviously did not get too much playing time coming into the match. Correct. Uh, and then there is always Chetri and you have uh, JJ. But do you think there is a lack of uh, quality beyond the first level? Because although Constantine has chopped and changed a lot, we know kind of his, uh, you know, core of his team. Yes, possibly. And uh, I think it's a vicious cycle because uh, in a lot of senses we don't really know the second best 11 because there's been a lot of chopping and changing. And I'm not sure I can blame Constantine completely for that. It's also down to the quality of players that he has at his disposal. And we know that he has, you know, uh, he has handed out a lot of caps, he has handed out a lot of debuts, but his hand has been forced in a way because uh, not a lot of those players have been able to cement their places in the limited chances they were given. And it's also down to the fact that India doesn't, has traditionally not played a lot of international matches. So if they had exploited every international window, played more games, played more quality teams, maybe we would have found out a bit more about the character of some of those uh, fringe players, so to speak. But yes, uh, I mean, they have stuck to the same nucleus of the side for the last three or four years. And uh, a lot of those players have been the same. Uh, the good thing is, in the positions you mentioned, there is probably some depth. 
So uh, there are players who can still step up, but yes, I mean, there's only so many players that you can take to a squad. It's it's going to be an interesting one because I think what 22 or 23 players mm. that you can take alongside you. Um, it's going to be an interesting selection, especially for those key positions like you know the strike uh, zone yeah. or the midfield. Those are the positions which I'm a little uh, concerned about. So you touched on this 47 debuts is the number of debuts he's driven out in the second string that the Constantine had. So in bit before Constantine, we had a stretch where there were two three coaches, Slim Kormans being the last. Their India was kind of dormant. For they didn't really play a lot of matches. They played Nehru Cup and few things here and there. Do you think there was a in that transition period where it should few players should have come up? They didn't really get the time and the space or the the opportunities to do that. So we are paying kind of a a price for that in, in a manner of speaking. Uh, I suppose so. Uh, also, what happened, I guess, was uh, post uh, Bob Houghton. There was a period of transition as well in Indian football, where there were a lot of senior players who had just maybe finished yeah. up with their careers and they were just uh, getting out of the system. So it needed a little bit of an overhaul, and there weren't too many players who survived from that era. I mean, maybe the only two which come to mind are JJ and Chetri. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the entire defence, uh, most of them were quite senior players. They went out. Uh, the midfielders went out of the way. Um, Shubhrota Paul is still another player. Yeah. Still around, but yeah, he's no longer probably in the first eleven or so. Um, yes, we did lose a little bit of time, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that India didn't qualify for the, didn't do very well in the World Cup qualifiers either. Had they maybe, or had the qualifiers been similar to what they were for 2018, maybe there would have been more avenues for the Indians to play. Uh, they lost out on ma- valuable match time. Maybe to an extent, even the federation needs to cop a little bit of the blame because they didn't really have a clear roadmap about what to do post Houghton. Uh, there was a little bit of confusion over what style of play they wanted to incorporate. Uh, there was Rob Pan who had come in as the technical director. There was a big, you know, uh, talk about the Dutch style of playing and everything. And I mean, honestly, they brought in Callum Toll. Yeah, and that's when uh, that's where Kovacs came in as well as a Dutchman. But I've never been a big believer in. You know, adopting styles of play from different countries. Mm. You've always got to look at your own physiology, your own strengths, and you've got to play to that. Uh, yes, you need a coach with experience who comes maybe from abroad, maybe from India. It really doesn't matter. But that coach then has to uh, play to those strengths and adapt his style. It shouldn't be the other way around. I mean, a coach shouldn't go with a preset notion that no, I'll make all of them play possession football and like you know, overnight turn into basketball. This, this is not club football. This exactly, is <laughs> that won't happen. So. Um, That's probably where I think India lost out maybe a couple of years, and to an extent, when Constantine came in, he had to. I mean, to be fair to him, he had to deal with that to begin with when India were looking to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. The first couple of years were quite disappointing in terms of yeah, results. Yes, yeah. So uh, coming to this match specifically, two-one loss, a howler from Gurpreet, uh, and another goal in the second half. But response was good. Nishu came off the bench and scored on his debut. Mm-hmm. So, what do you make of the overall uh, situation that we are in? At least we are reacting well to adversities. Yeah, I mean, if I uh, compare it to say when I started covering football and seeing India play, uh, there used to be a little bit of uh, anxiety when India played any bigger nation. I mean, forget about Japan and Saudi Arabia or Korea. There was no hope of competing. But even if they came up against a team which was slightly better. The first thought was that yeah, let's not lose by a big margin. Mm. But at least what has happened over the last three or four years, and 
maybe specifically in the last couple of years is that they have a little bit more self belief they know that they can compete with any team and we saw glimpses of that in the yeah, jordan game and also previously they had a good exactly. show yeah. exactly in the second half in particular they passed around the ball quite nicely they had some decent passages of play we know that uh, you know the senior the the strikers rather were on a different flight they didn't reach yeah. or whatever all that confusion so they effectively started with almost a 4 6 0 yeah, <laughs> so, i mean they put 4 5 1 <laughs> but then i saw the like everyone looks silly yeah me. because abirud thapa was playing as a striker yeah, yeah. which is not really his you know his first choice yeah. <laughs> so um given all of that given all those limitations in the second half some positive changes maybe uh, ashik coming on and then sumit pasi coming on just gave them a little bit more of an outlet nishu kumar's goal was a good one and yeah i mean it held out some promise because uh, if you look at overall how they performed they didn't lose their defensive shape for long periods i mean john really didn't have a very big clear cut chance barring maybe one or two in the first half Yeah. Uh, the goal really shouldn't have happened it was a little embarrassing from gurpreet but i think i tweeted as well i think his initial mistake was taking that free kick i know uh, i wanted to touch on that but <laughs> yeah. after you finish it because this is a pet peeve i have yeah. and i've copped a lot of hate on twitter for saying some of the things i've said against gurpreet who right. I, i admit is probably the best shot stopper yeah. in india mm-hmm. but he does have two tendencies one is to make the odd howler like yeah. the I've, my friend has considered the goal like that in college. You know? <laughs> This is a rookie mistake. He's six yeah. four. He should have dealt with it. He's an international level keeper. And second one, this is not the first time. The, the team in Tajikistan when he was playing for Bangalore, mm. he considered two goals here mm. in the AFC knockout, mm. which is went in his near post, kind of mm. his mistake. Mm. Then uh, against Goa last year, he got the red card when he did something against yep. the player or something. Yeah, yeah. Little <laughs> immaturity in that sense, but still a great shot stopper and a goalkeeper on his yes, day, like yes. we saw in China. So, yes. do you think this is a worry? And also his distribution. He plays for a team which, a club team, which bases its philosophy on position, and yeah. he goes for long kicks almost all the time. Yeah. And most of the time he misses that. One or two times he gets it. Yeah. Maybe they might be able to do it something, but uh, when you are a possession team, I think. the thing is to pass it yeah so uh, do you I think there is i think in in fairness to him i think his distribution overall is quite good i mean uh, we have seen in the past both for bfc as well as for india where goals have been initiated from his kicks and even here probably the mistake was that he actually connected the free kick a bit too well because mm. it went right yeah. straight to the <laughs> and it gave him less time i mean maybe he was he wanted to prove that i can do the same yeah we should credit the the you know jordanian goalkeeper because he saw that opportunity and i'm sure he actually planned to do what he did i mean maybe he wanted to get somebody at the end of it but yeah. then he went straight on the bounce right into goal so yeah. it, it was a good bit of planning and it gave gurpreet less time because he had to jog back from his position he was yeah, a little yeah. out outside his box and he had to like you know <laughs> run, run back, back yeah yeah it's it's always difficult because you lose your sense of positioning when you're outside mm-hmm. your own penalty box so in that sense i won't cop the blame so much on him but yeah i mean he does tend to have some worrying uh, moments but i think there is that streak of madness in every goalkeeper so you <laughs> have to forgive uh, any keeper for that I think overall what he has improved on uh, significantly is that he he seems to be uh, commanding his defense a lot better than he used mm. to. Um we saw it in this game as well a couple of times when Jordan had free kicks the way that he organized his ball was perfect. He knew where his position would be. He knew where he wanted his men to be, you know, defending that how many players. So those are the basic things that you look for from a goalkeeper and I mean 
eventually it's also a confidence game. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget he also saved a penalty in that yeah, same yeah, match. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, yeah. on the whole a mixed performance, but mm-hmm. only because of that error. Otherwise, yeah. he was quite good. And always, his, I think uh, to be fair, his the positives outweigh the negative. Yeah. And he, uh, the way he, I think we got the draw in China purely because yes. of good for and, and, and the woodwork. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did quite a few saves as well. man for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then now we come to Mr. Nishu Kumar. Yes. He scored on his debut. Mm. There were some questions about uh, why he was picked ahead of certain players. But let's leave that aside for the time being. When mm. given a chance, he has delivered properly. So the most... So Nishu is an interesting thing. Uh, and I have, again, a small pet peeve that I have. His positioning is You're not... You're full of pet peeves. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have full of pet peeves. Yeah. So I have a problem with his positioning okay. when he's yeah. defending. Like, yeah. you know, he's always square. Yeah. He doesn't stand in the right place. Yeah. I think in, uh, in the Blasters game, in the 86th minute, Chitri ran back to track one runner and cleared the ball and absolutely laid into him. You could see it on the screen. I think with his injury, he was probably a little bit more pissed yeah. out than yeah. normal. So uh, anyway, so he is, as an athlete, he's phenomenal. He's strong, he's mm-hmm. fast, he's a good footballer mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So I have always been one of those people who said he should play midfield. Do you think this goal, because he came on the right midfield wing back area, I yeah, guess you yeah, can say, yeah. ahead, he had someone, Kotal, sitting behind him. Yeah. So kind of gave him a freedom to go and uh, he's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, and he's been scoring goals for BFC, so yeah. that's, that's a positive. And I think uh, whenever uh, he plays for BFC, I think he's at his most effective, or he used to be at his most effective when Roka used to play the back three and he would be playing as a slightly advanced back, yeah. Yeah, wing back position. I don't think defending is his uh, strongest suit at all. And uh, yes, looking forward, I mean, if you look at the Indian team composition, there are a lot of left backs. Yeah, yeah. Four of them <laughs> on the field the other day. It's an embarrassment of riches. Very left sided nation here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not so sure on social media, but yes. In any case, uh, yeah, so uh, with, with the number of left backs that you have, maybe it could be a good idea to try him out in a more advanced position. But then again, you've got to look at the overall team balance. Uh, does it take away a position of a more deserving player uh, inside midfield or so? Talking about, this is probably the, this is the last window before yeah. the Asian Cup. Yeah. Uh, we might play a couple matches just before the tournament starts, but do you think this is the last time for us to try out certain players? Because one of the things we have a problem is scoring goals. Mm-hmm. And you had players like Susai Raj, who's on great form, who's not played for the national team. Rowling, to be fair, is back in the national mix, but uh, didn't really get a chance because yeah. I personally felt during the qualification phase, uh, he was our best midfielder alongside yeah, Eugene. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate injury took it out, but he's on his way back. He scored a few goals for the club, Northeast United FC. Mm-hmm. Do you think we kind of missed out on the last chance to give, you know, Chief Open Especially with the fact that Chetri wasn't there. Maybe you could have had. They've called in Komal Tattal. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could have called Susai Raj, who's in among goals, who's yeah. been the best player in I League last mm-hmm. year. And stuff like that. Maybe we missed out on a chance there. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, we were having this uh, debate internally as well at ESPN that should Susai Raj have been called up. I personally think it's still a bit early. I mean, he's obviously good, he's creative, and he's got all the right uh, ingredients. But let's give him a little bit more time to establish himself. He's had one good I-League season and he started this ISL really well. So maybe give him a bit more time to you know show that he is able to deliver on a consistent basis. He's definitely got the uh, makings of a future India player. Um, but on the flip side, yes, I mean, if you look at the current crop, what they are probably lacking is that bit of creativity in the midfield and 
I think somewhere along the line, Constantine has to make up his mind about what his best uh, middle of the park is and what kind of formation he plays. I personally think, I mean, it's often been portrayed as 4-4-2, but I think he, what he likes to play in his own mind is more like a 4-3-3 or maybe one could call it a 4-1-4-1, where uh, say JJ plays as the top of the head and you have Chetri and Mudanta on two sides and you have a couple of good, you know, attacking midfielders alongside him and you have somebody like a Rowland Borges just hanging back or maybe a Pranay Haldar. But that's where we have lacked in the last... uh, year in particular, especially since uh, Eugene and Lingdo's injuries. Uh, they haven't really had that kind of dominance in midfield. A lot mm. of the games, of course, they were won against really bad sides, so one shouldn't really count those. Yeah. But when you're up against superior opposition, what we have seen is that the opposition takes complete control of the midfield. Do you think we let them also, to an extent? Yeah, you yeah. take the control, we'll just sit back and, and then try and hit on the break. Yeah, and I'll add one more point to that, that I don't think midfield domination is the be-all and all mm. of football. I mean, there are many variables in a game that one can control and I mean if you don't get the ball for long periods there's not much you can do about it. Mm. <laughs> in those situations what you need is uh, better defensive organization, uh, you know, you need your forwards and your uh, midfielders to also track back and just make sure that you get some good numbers behind the ball when you're defending and you need some kind of uh, you know X factor which comes through somebody like a Chetri which they missed against Jordan mm-hmm. because he's the kind of player you know we still remember that goal that he scored against yeah, the Kyrgyz Republic yeah that's great goal so that's what I mean sometimes things can come out of nowhere and mm-hmm. uh, that's where you need you need to keep uh, you know you need to have that ability to take games deep and mm-hmm. that's probably been the biggest strength of this Indian team over the last couple of years that even when they are under pressure, even when they are uh, conceding possession, conceding chances, they have that ability to come late in the match and score goals and you know make something out of it. Yeah. So that will be crucial uh, going into UAE that if they can hold out for long periods, um, you know, a team like Thailand will probably run at you, will be faster mm-hmm. than you, they'll be a little bit more skillful in the final third. But if you can keep it nil-nil till about 60-65 minutes and then throw some men forward and you have that energy to do so, then things can happen. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Constantine in his own mind wants to play a certain way. Mm-hmm. What do you make of uh, Constantine's tactical approach? Because that be number three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go <yes>. on. <laughs> I have a problem with your centre-backs getting position, mm-hmm. not under pressure, and then just walloping the ball aimlessly forward. Yeah. And doing this against a big team, I understand, you want to clear the ball, maybe you don't want them to you know, win it too close to your box. Yeah. It's, prob- it's yeah. probably a good idea. But then you, I, the, I remember speaking to Constantine after the Guam game here in Bangalore, mm-hmm. and uh, they were hitting aimlessly for a long time. I think we won that game 1-0, yeah. maybe 2 Robinson, I think, scored uh, a goal or something. Yeah. Yeah. Blast from the past. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, I asked him about this and he said, I asked, I, it's not my tactic, I mm. did not tell them mm. to do it. Mm-hmm. So the next question will be, so tell them not to do it mm. as a, as mm. a coach. Mm. So but do you think maybe it's then mentality just to get the ball and then oh, 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 I'm a little worried now oh, and smash it. Yeah. Because we know that is the way we, you've been coached when you yeah. were young, even yeah. I was coached. Yeah. The first thing I was told is like clear the ball. Clear the ball if you're a defender. Yeah. And uh, again, let's keep in perspective that he's worked with a very young team for large parts of it. So a lot of them have just like, you know, started out in international football across mm-hmm. the last two or three years. Uh, there is a little bit of inexperience. There is that tendency to get the ball up high. But 
then you've also got you've had the kind of players who can take advantage of it. I mean, not just say a Robin Singh, but even a JJ. He's excellent at holding the ball up. Mm. Even a Chetri. His, I mean, his spring is great. His yeah, jumps very he's, high. Yeah. He's not very big built, but if yeah. you get a you know decent enough high ball to him, he's able to use his body strength and his mm. intelligence to just make something out of it. Even get it to bounce and maybe just turn his marker. Mm. Yeah. So it's not a bad uh, tactic as such but yeah I mean if you become predictable with it then it uh, robs your team of you know having the ability to control possession and take control of the game so that's something that could be looked at but again against uh, Jordan also we saw you know the Jordan players were on an average much taller than the Indian players so aerial battles are never yeah exactly aerial battles are never a good idea and when your midfield is maybe you know Vinit Rai and uh, German Preet and Anirudh Thapa, you don't stand a chance. Yeah, chance <laughs> so, the physical side. So, yeah, you're better off not trying to play that. You're better yeah. off just using a bit more of pace, a bit more of individual skills. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, working as a team, you know, yeah, moving yeah. forward as a team, coming back as a team. So, that's probably... Choreographed attacks and defense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think that's about it for the national team. So, let's just touch on ISL. We've been on a you know, break yeah. for the international thing. I-League is going on, mm-hmm. surprisingly. Uh, I thought they would also get a break. <laughs> because even the Super Division has a one-week one week break over here for the international. <laughs> so, uh, it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't say that. I mean, obviously, something that I again wanted to ask you, yeah. and this is a little off-topic. Sure. Do you think uh, I-League players are a little, you know, short-changed maybe? Because of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in terms yeah. of any monetary or any... Uh, uh, social media presence yeah. in terms of someone who's trying to make a break into the national team because mm. we mentioned a few players yeah. uh, like Sosai Raj who played an entire season in yeah. Chennai and we've had Salam Ranjan Salam Ranjan yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, you know there are someone like Komal Tatal who got in after 2-3 mm. matches for uh, mm. ATK Sumit Pasi I don't think played many games before he came here so mm. do you think they're short chains in that sense that maybe they're, they're not really being looked at as a possible international player I wouldn't think so because uh, if you look at uh, Constantine's track record over the last couple of years, he has picked I-League players even when there have been concurrent leagues. So, I don't think he himself perceives that there's any difference between the two leagues. But uh, obviously, the ISL is a lot more publicized. It's uh, a lot more in your face. I mean, if you switch on the channel, even now, there's that like, you know, haunting piano theme playing every <laughs> every ad break. And it's not even on. And Haunting. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, I myself, I don't know when the next Ily game is. I think there's one today, no? Uh, not really sure. Yesterday. I think there was one yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah my, my team won. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's how, uh, you know, badly uh, advertised the Ily is that we are yeah. never sure you know yeah. when the games are so we have to go to twitter to find out yeah. yeah so in that sense it's been you can also get it on ESPN.in oh yes <laughs> good plug good plug you plug. get all your scores there uh, you can check in times of india website also <laughs> touche yeah. so uh, yeah I mean uh, I, I don't think uh, they fall under the radar from the coach itself but yes in the eyes of the general football watching public they are definitely uh, much more low profile than the ISL players, so that's that's unfair because at the end of the day, the I League is the one which is the officially recognised. Yeah. You know, the ISL is technically still a knockout cup according yeah, to yeah. AFC. So yeah. uh, again, that's a pet peeve. Let's not go yeah, there. Yeah, I mean How you cannot end the league season yeah. with the cup final. We could go with a two-hour <laughs> discussion on that. Yes. Uh, so let's take him to the smaller format yeah. of the discussion. <laughs> yes. Alfaro has moved on loan mm. to ATK from Pune. Mm. First of all. Uh, 
how can they do this before uh, when it's not the transfer season yeah. or is loan exempt from being in the transfer season <laughs> i don't know so yeah. i'm asking you <laughs> I, i wish i knew <laughs> the isl works in funny ways Yeah, yeah, and the second one is that I can't help you with much. <laughs> yeah, we will have an answer for you by the next episode for sure. Yeah, and then the second one is how smart is it from Pune's side to give? I know they have Hume yeah. coming in, they have Robin Singh. Maybe now it's an opportunity for him yeah. as well. How smart is it from their side to let go of one of their best attacking uh, players? Yeah. Admittedly, didn't have a great season so far. I think it's a sign of some kind of trouble brewing at Pune. I mean, for one thing, they are really playing poorly. Yeah, <laughs> the start of the season I had pegged them down as one of the potential semi-finalists, but I can't see that happening the way they played. And it's not that they played poorly; they've actually created a lot of chances, but they missed a lot of penalties yeah. and all yeah. stuff like that. But it's just been really bad uh, defending as well. And yeah, Alfaro has been the one missing the penalties yeah. mostly. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if ATK are taking him for that expertise. But no, I mean jokes aside, he's a quality player. He's yeah. he adds a lot of value to whichever team he goes to because of all that he does besides just scoring. He's also a good you know creator. His movements of the ball are very good. And I think ATK will benefit from this because they probably don't have as much sharpness up front as uh, they've had in past seasons. I mean, this season is probably the first one where they don't really have that kind of uh, ability to, you know, convert goals. Especially now, Kaluche is injured and out, so yeah. So um, I think it's a welcome change for them because yeah. they are still in that, you know, mid-table region yeah. where they have hopes of making the top four and. they have a good uh, resurgent second half of the season then they can get up there uh, for pune it's obviously bad news but yeah hume coming back is a huge thing um, he's fit he's completely he's fit. no not yet i think uh, robin yeah. will be playing for a few weeks hopefully mm-hmm. hopefully because it's yeah. always nice to get because i think robin has all the tools to be a great striker sure. uh, he's tall strong quicker than he looks but all this thing what what it does is effectively takes out one combination i was looking forward to which was maybe Marcelino. hume marcelino and alfaro together i think if three great players three of the greatest players probably at the ISL and playing together all of them with individual strengths and you know the ability to convert goals and create chances for each other if they could have worked together if they could have like sort of quelled their egos because obviously you know stars of that quality will always have a little bit of an ego then it could have been great news for pune it's unfortunate i guess that hume couldn't start the season fully fit mm-hmm. but yeah i mean we can't do much about it but yeah hume coming back once he becomes fit it should be a good interesting uh, chemistry to see between him and marcelino because uh, marcelino is the kind of player who can also like hume you know drop deep and fetch a lot of balls create a lot of chances so they could keep opposition defenses guessing about which one of them is actually going to play at the top of the d and you know bother the defense more and the other one might just drop a little deeper so it it could make for a good combination but yeah i mean i think by then their uh, playoff hopes might go up in smoke so <laughs> maybe that could be good because there will be no pressure on them when they are playing yeah uh, i think now we are moving on to the twitter question sure and i say question because yeah. there is only one from at clive waller with the background of hooper stanks reason at the back <laughs> what is the but best and he just reminded uh, came out when he was in school and i was already working <laughs> so <laughs> you can do the maths <laughs> yeah okay yeah you said it not me <laughs> so what is the best and the worst case scenario for india at the afc asian cup that this is question so devine okay so let's start with the worst uh, i mean i always believe in optimism so yeah, we'll go to that so second so do i so do i yeah so the worst case scenario is they come back with uh, three defeats and couple of thumping defeats maybe uh, uae smashes them 
and maybe Bahrain or Thailand also, you know, get in three goals or something. And maybe they come back without scoring a single goal. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I would believe it's a lot more optimistic than that. The best case scenario, uh, yes, we were just talking offline a little while ago and I thought you said it right, that India getting out of the group. But I would go a little bit further. I would say that at least a run through to the quarterfinals would be great for Indian football. Uh, because all said and done, you know, there has been a lot of positivity about the Indians, uh, about Indians' uh, rise in the FIFA rankings, their record in recent years in internationals. And nothing would cap it off better than a good performance at the Asian Cup. Also because, uh, barring the really involved Indian football fan, I don't think many people even understand what the Asian Cup is. <laughs> so <laughs> it is the Euro of Asia. <laughs> that also isn't much, you know, help to say a... Uh, you know, fans sitting in Jabalpur or Kanpur or something. So, yeah, it's it's practically the World Cup for Asia. So, yeah. it's it's the biggest thing that an Indian footballer can hope for. At this moment, another yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. years or so. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's the first step to go to the national, I mean, the further higher up World yeah. Cups and all this. I mean, it's a big gap. Yeah. It's the first step. And the fact that we haven't had a very good record in this competition of late. I mean, we've made one final back in 64. So, that should tell you that in the glory days of Indian football, when they used to be around, it was a big deal. But yes, uh, I would suggest that they should not only get out of the group, but maybe sneak in a victory in that round of 16, if they can. I don't know how they'll do it. <laughs> Even the first part looks very difficult. But um, when I look at it objectively, I think what's also in India's favour to an extent, is that it's a pretty difficult group. There's not much between all of the teams. There's uh, UAE, which is a very good team. There's Bahrain, which has been a very strong team in the past. We don't know exactly, you know, how they've been performing off late. But they'll always be good, being one of the Gulf sides. And Thailand, we've heard a lot about, you know, how good they've been in recent years. So, what that suggests uh, to me is that there won't be too many gaps between the points of the four teams in this group. So, it could wind up to a situation where maybe even four points could be enough, maybe even three points could be enough because this is a 24-team uh, event with 16 going through to the next round. So, you know, best third finishers also have a chance. So, yeah, go India. I mean, if you can get one win early, yeah, just, that just sets you up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they play Thailand first, so yeah. if they can somehow win that match, then uh, I think the pressure will really be on UAE for the next game because they will know that India can afford to maybe advance even with a draw. So, they can change their strategy accordingly. So, yeah, I would think that qualification to the round of 16 is going to be difficult. Let's make no bones about it. But it's not impossible. And from there on, if they can sneak one more win, then that will be great news for India. So, pulling together, that is the way we are going to do it. Uh, we'd like to thank Debayan. Thank you so much for taking time and talking to us thank at Injury Time. And uh, this is me, Sandeep, who has taken over the responsibility of hosting the ISL pod from now on. And uh, this is me signing off. Have a great week. Enjoy the game.